The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find. We were four years Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. My name is Benjamin Shapiro, and I'm the executive producer of this podcast. And today, we've got a special technical SEO episode for you, which is going to be hosted by Jeff Atkinson, who's the founder and CEO of Huckabye. Huckabye is a technical SEO platform that automates the process of improving search results to drive more organic traffic and make your website faster. Jeff is a brilliant SEO, and I'm thrilled to invite him to take the mic and share his technical knowledge with you. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here is a technical SEO episode of the Voices of Search podcast, guest hosted by Jeff Atkinson, the CEO and founder of Huckabye. Hello, SEOs. Welcome to another edition of Voices of Search podcast. My name is Jeff Atkinson, the CEO of Huckabye, and I'm hosting today for Ben. Joining me is Dmitry Kustov, who is the marketing director at RegX SEO, which is a digital marketing agency. They are breaking away from restrictive service plans and developing fully custom digital marketing strategies that take their clients to the front page. Yesterday, Dmitry and I talked about optimizing for humans versus search engines. And today, we're going to continue the conversation by discussing what Google engineers don't want you to know about rankings. Okay, here's my conversation with Dmitry Kustov, Marketing Director at RegX SEO. Welcome back, Dmitry. Hello, hello. Nice to be here. 
This is an interesting topic as well, one that popped up as just a fascinating one. I'd never actually thought about this before, which is what do Google engineers don't want you to know about what's happening with rankings? I don't really have any idea what they don't want you to know. I might have a little bit. I know they don't want you to cheat. and But yeah, would love to hear your thoughts on this topic. I think it's very interesting and please take it away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, so the big secret is, and uh, for the first time ever, <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> so the point is that, especially in the last five to 10 years, the point is this, Google engineers and Google themselves, they actually don't know how the search rankings work. And that's the big secret. Let's call it a secret. It's not a secret, really. When you, when you, if, you, if you talk to any engineers and uh, when AI started taking over, the point is that nowadays they have a goal to provide the, the best results in the quickest way. And then they have, I think at this point, something like 400 different metrics and 400 different signals, uh, search engine ranking signals that they look at. But while in back in the day in when the Google was starting, the algorithm was kind of predetermined. The engineers, the coders, they would write out, well, if, it has the, if, if a page has this, then we're going to give it this much weight. And then if a page has that, you're going to subtract this much weight and so on and so on and so on. Nowadays, it's all AI, artificial intelligence based. And anybody who knows anything about AI and self-writing code, self-writing algorithms, basically you give an input, you tell this is the result you want to achieve. And you need to look at these 400 or whatever signals and then you allow it, the algorithm, the, the code, to figure out the best way to provide, uh, to get to the goal. And it's self-adjusting and it's self-adjusting all the time. And how do they measure it? And this is where a lot of good information that SEOs and marketers can extract. How does algorithm, because it's, it's self-containing, obviously engineers look at it kind of once in a while type of stuff, and then they make sure that it all works properly. But how do they understand if the results that Google search is providing are actually good? And the answer is actually quite simple and much simpler than you might think it is. It is user metrics. So click the rate, CTR, whenever you search something on Google and you know there are whatever, 10 results or now with all the maps and videos and images, whatever else, all of the results, how many people click on the first position? Is it what's typically expected? 30%, 33%? Or all of a sudden, after the algorithm comes up with this kind of, uh, let's try this, let's give more weight to the signal. And then now result shows up and uh, the CTR all of a sudden for the first position is 5%. Okay, something is wrong. We're not going to do that. And so CTR is very important. Another one is what we call pogo sticking. When somebody clicks on the page, on the result, goes to that website, do they find the information that the users want. So if somebody types in what are the best running shoes and some kind of website pops up and they click on that website and the information is about dogs, obviously they're not going to spend a lot of time there, if any at all. And they're going to click right back. So that pogo sticking effect. 
And that's what Google is looking for. They collect all of the data. Uh, Google knows more about you than you know about yourself. <laughs> that's a well-known fact. And uh, actually, interestingly enough, if you have a Google account, if you go use uh, Chrome, uh, you can go to your settings and there's like a interest in profiles that Google tells you you have. And it's very interesting mm. to look at it because you might learn about something about yourself that you did not know. And uh, I do it once in a while and it's like, whoa, really? I, I like this? <laughs> I'm into that? <laughs> so it's very interesting. Yeah. So wow. um, CTR, pogo sticking, and then time on the website. And the last episode that we had with you, Jeff, we talked about all of these are experience in designing for uh, users versus search engines. All of this ties together. All of this. And uh, again, the, as long as you understand what the search engine want and what do they want, again, the answer is they want the best possible result for the user, not for SEO, not for a company or a business that makes money. No, they want users to keep using search engine, Google. So they're going to put everything into making sure that users never leave Google and they start using Bing or DuckDuckGo or whatever. Um, so yeah, there you go. The, the biggest <laughs> secret is actually not a secret. <laughs> well, I love this. It sounds like you have some inside information, which uh, I love <laughs> you disclosing. I might have to hold your feet to the fire and have you, re re you know, reveal your source there at Google. But it's not a secret, like in the sense that it's not some kind of a trade secret of the company, anything like that. If you, uh, what's his name? I forgot the CEO. No, sorry, not CEO. I think it's uh, on YouTube, Wired channel called Wired. Mm -hmm. They did, somewhat recently, they did a um, most asked questions or something like that. I forgot the name of the series. And they had Google engineers there. And uh, they talk about it fairly openly. It's just not every SEO knows about it. Or maybe they kind of know it somewhere in the back of their mind, but knowing about something and then taking action to adjust and conform to that. That's the two different things. So yeah, there you go. Well, I find that fascinating, especially the part that you described on how the algorithm is actually now sort of self-optimizing itself based on these metrics that you talked about, like click-through rate, time on site. I mean, they probably even know if someone's transacting or not so that they can you know, pick up whether they actually found the product or the service that they wanted. What really fascinated me was this idea of like, well, the code's actually writing itself. So the engineers are almost out of the equation. I'm sure they're pointing it in the right direction, but are the engineers sort of sitting back, putting in the right <laughs> metrics, and then Google's self-writing, what do you call them, AI developers are, yeah. are, 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 are just uh, writing the code in the, in the right direction to achieve these metrics? I don't know about the self-writing code. I know, I know like I am the, my actual training, like by my education is in applied mathematics. I, I have been in uh, AI sphere and uh, coding and all of that stuff for quite a bit. And I know that self-writing code is a thing nowadays, and I would be surprised if Google, one of the biggest technology companies, does not use it. I don't know for sure if they do, but it, it would make a lot of sense because self-optimization is a huge thing nowadays. 
But the point, like the question you asked about, uh, do kind of engineers just sit back and just, you know, watch the code, it does its thing? Not, that's not how it works. If you watch any videos, interviews, or talk to anybody who works in artificial intelligence and neural networks space, the point is that all of the algorithms and, you know, Google algorithm itself and so on and so on, they optimize based on parameters. You give them, this is the parameters, list of parameters, and this is the goal you're trying to achieve. It can't kind of reinvent the wheel. It will not find a kind of a new parameter or a new thing that you did not give it. So, and this is a whole different conversation and I can talk, I love that stuff. So uh, I can talk about it for two days straight, but here's the thing. Artificial intelligence, by definition, cannot create something new. The only thing it does, it combines and reiterates what you gave it. So that's why the whole idea of, like, can a robot write Beethoven Fifth Symphony? No, it can't. However, what it can do, it can take all of the music in the world, combine it together in some kind of way. So from that perspective, it's new. But from a perspective of like uh, something extraordinarily on a fundamental level different, no. By definition, it takes what you give it and optimizes it to achieve the goal. So that's really fascinating. Strange when you think about it, the brain starts breaking a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the idea. So back, going back to the question and talking about well, Google, just real quickly what, uh, too, and I'll I'll let you finish that thought. What an interesting background you have to wrap your brain around SEO. I mean, that is, uh, you kind of know the, in, like, you know how the algorithms work. You built, I'm sure, plenty. And that's just a really cool background to, to have and, and then work in this sort of space. Really cool. Sorry, continue on. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge nerd. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's not a secret. And, uh, you know, SEO, SEO is a lot of, about data analytics, and I love data analytics. Yeah. So there's a fit there. But yeah, so going back to the uh, Google algorithm and kind of uh, all of the what do engineers do and all that stuff, they give and come up with new parameters. So like, think about zero search result. Google algorithm would not come up with that idea. Like, hey, let's do this zero search result now. No, a human had to do it. You mean zero click result or zero search? Uh, so, sorry, uh, that, that's what I meant. Zero, yeah, click, zero, result. zero yep. click result. Or like a zero position result. Right? Yeah, rich result that just gives the user the answer right away or pops. If you type in the new movie and trailer, it just pops the trailer right away. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or for example, it's somewhat recent development. If you type in, where can I watch movie, whatever. And on a knowledge panel, it'll tell you Netflix for, you know, including subscription, Hulu, not included, whatever. Like that stuff, the algorithm would not come up with that. It's a fresh idea that only human can like, hmm, what if we do this? And then they plug it in and then Google does its magic. The algorithm does its magic. Another one is the chapters in YouTube, like in YouTube videos, you know, the chapters, like the, the timestamps, whatever they're called. And uh, somewhat recently, the chapters themselves became a search engine result in Google. 
a human had to do it. It's like, what if we take the chapters and if somebody types in a question how to, I don't know, uh, whatever the question, think of, think of, think of a question, uh, you know, how to do this. Yeah. And then if there's a YouTube video that has a chapter named the same thing, it will show in the search engine result. And that's what the role of humans in artificial intelligent algorithms and all that stuff, that's the role of humans for foreseeable future in my mind. Well, I had an example just like that where I have this thermostat here at my office that I just can't really seem to get to work. And so I put in how to whatever, I think it was uh, how to just reset the Honeywell thermostat and boom, like a, a one minute video that answered my question came right up. Very cool. Yeah, now now there uh, some of recent development on, on YouTube is clips, like you, the, they're called clips. And I started seeing the clips results as search engine results now. So that's where kind of the marriage of two different algorithms start, right? Because the subtitles, uh, auto-generated subtitles on YouTube are a thing. And therefore, Google or any, well, it's going to be Google because it's the same company. But Google understands what the YouTube video is about. And if you type in a certain question and there is a, the person on YouTube video talks about that and answers that question, you're going to start seeing those clips, even if you don't have the chapters or if you have chapters, but they're not exactly what you're asking. So yeah, it's a fun industry. It's uh, interesting to kind of hack the way. Yeah. You know, uh, well, uh, I think okay. um, let's go off a, a little bit off script here. Uh, I'm really enjoying this conversation. <laughs> let's do it. You're a really smart guy, like, and especially you have a, I call it a, a different mind on a unique problem, which I love. I love guys like you. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. What do you find most sort of fascinating and exciting in the SEO industry right now? It can be just what you find interesting, or you could it could be what do you find sort of is working the best? 
in your experience. But yeah, I just want to pick your brain a little bit off script and hear what you're into these days and what sort of piques your interest. Yeah, there are quite a few different things. What fascinates, not fascinates me. Yeah, sure. What fascinates me is for some reason, you know, with all of this talk we, we, we talked today and the last episode about user-centric design, design and experience and all that stuff, I see still quite a few websites that look like complete garbage <laughs> and they are somehow ranking on first page of Google. And I still don't understand how that's even possible. So that's one of the fascinating things that I'm trying to I have solve. an idea on that front. And it actually is somewhat like might pertain to the very topic of our discussion today, which is what do engineers not want you to know? I think people forget that there's a lot of legacy stuff in Google's algorithm. It's not a pure algorithm. It's like they started and then there's, there's they added this and they added that. They never really rip something out unless it's really bad. It's all just sort of there and layered and layered and layered and layered. So like take a backlink portfolio for a page that ranks number one and has been around forever. The fact that it ranked number one and was around forever, the link profile is so ridiculously bigger than everything else that it's just not, no one's going to beat it. And there's a lot of this sort of legacy stuff that's, it's an algorithm, I think, that's very additive. And it's, it's not as like clean and pure as we might think of like an algorithm. Usually the really good quote unquote algorithms have a lot of what you talked about earlier, which are human ideas that then modify the algorithm in some way. And I think that's in a lot of ways Google's algorithm, which has evolved a ton but it still has a lot of legacy stuff in it that even the current engineers aren't ripping out. You know, they're not ripping out the importance of backlinks and anchor text, for example. Like that's been around since day one. So that's my theory on why, you know, why is it some of these sites are still, you know, you could argue Wikipedia is like a terrible user experience. It doesn't, you know, pop videos <laughs> right away describing, but it's still like the behemoth that it is in the SEO world. So that's, that's my theory, Dimitri. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, I think there is a, there is a truth to that for sure, and it it just boggles my mind that I don't want to say the name of that website, but there is a website. I lived in Houston for many years. There is a local company that does air conditioning repairs, and if you type in like emergency air conditioning or something like that, it they pop up on the first page, and they look like. They've been built in '80s, so bad, like, so bad. All of the flashing stuff all over the place, and like I don't know what person, what user in the right mind would stay on that website for more than a couple seconds. And they've been on the first page for so long, and they're still there. And you know, with all of the changes and seeing some kind of technically better websites being pulled down and kind of losing rankings. And then that website's still there. And it's just one of the examples. And you must have a theory. Do you have a theory on why this is? I don't. And um, that's one of the things that I'm working on now, trying to, because, you know, there are these kind of exceptions out of the rule, really. That's, that's, that's how I think about them. Because, you know, 99% of stuff makes sense. And then there's that 1% in different industries for different reasons. There's uh, like 
they just don't fit. And I'm trying to figure out why. Why Google still uses that website? Why they're shown on the first page? And uh, it's not just user experience related. I know a couple other websites that are clearly have really bad black hat backlink profile. And very clearly, like anybody who will look at it, very clear. Uh, a lot of spam, like uh, China stuff and all of that. Anyway, and they're still on the first page and the website is not, it's, itself is not that great. And I have seen some of those websites being pulled down more and more, uh, but there's still some exceptions. So that's what I'm working on now, trying to figure out, is there something that I can learn and kind of implement, not, let's say there's this black, black hat backlink profile website that ranks. My question is not how do we kind of cheat Google or how do we also use black hat profile? Instead, I'm trying to figure out what is the core reason, because there's got to be a core reason, not just black hat backlink profile. There's got to be a reason why that website ranks. So what is that core and can we use it in a positive in a good way. And uh, that's what uh, makes me not sleep at night. Nowadays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, back to our original point, which is if you stick to the good things that are fundamentally good for users, good for search engines, you're probably going to succeed. You're obviously a very smart guy. I wouldn't mind having you work on uh, my SEO. Maybe you could just give me a minute on what type of customers or clients is an ideal fit for regex if someone out there wants you taking a look at their seo just who's your ideal client and um that'd be wonderful yeah for sure so we have basically if you boil it down there's one requirement and it is taking data over feelings if you're a type of guy that we look at the data and data shows this, no matter how hurtful it is. <laughs> and if you go with that data and what the data tells us, you're a good fit. It will be good match. But if uh, there's a lot of quite a few folks, business owners like, hey, yeah, this website, I love it. It's my nephew built it or whatever. And it's brought like one of the recent conversations I had with a potential client and small, fairly small company, about a, like a couple million dollars in revenue a year. And uh, they got there without any online marketing and non-SEO, nothing. And it took them like 15 years. And I talked to him as like, uh, okay, well, let's talk about online marketing. You should guys do this. And the answer was, well, we got here without any, why would we? It's like that type of approach, uh, that, type that of thinking, doesn't sit with you. It doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, well, do you want to get from two to 20 and not in the next 150 years, but in two years? Let's look at the data. Data shows there's opportunity. Data shows we can do it. Data shows you can do it. Data shows you can grow much quicker if you adjust your mindset. Let's listen to data, not that gut feeling or uh, just because my grandpa used to do so. Like one of my biggest pet peeves is when people still spend advertising money, marketing money on like newspaper ads <laughs> and magazine ads and all of that stuff. It just, I cannot understand it. Like who nowadays reads newspapers? <laughs> and even if they do, 
is that what's going to make them call you? Or maybe, hey, they are, everybody nowadays is on YouTube. So maybe instead of spending tens of thousands of dollars on newspaper ads, spend 10% of that on, let's say, even YouTube advertising. Or maybe all of it. Or something else. <laughs> or, yeah, like just efficiency of it. Yeah. Right? Uh, that's what I go after. I love uh, that. Efficiency. I'm in complete agreement. Uh, reminds me of what my former boss, the CEO of Overstock, would say. Let's not debate who won the 1975 World Series. Let's just look it up. <laughs> that was an analogy for almost anything in digital yeah. marketing. Well, thank you so you much, go. Dimitri. It's been a pleasure. Okay, that wraps up this episode of Voices of Search podcast. I'm Jeff Atkinson, guest host for Ben, the CEO of Huckby. I would like to thank my guest, Dimitri Kustov, Marketing Director at RegEx SEO. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks to Jeff Atkinson, our technical SEO guest host. If you'd like to get in touch with Jeff, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Jeff Atkinson. That's G-E-O-F-F-A-T-K-I-N-S-O-N. Or you could visit his company's website, which is huckabuy.com. H-U-C-K-A-B-U-Y.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com awt. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Music.